Okay, so it's recording right now. All right, hello, hello, hello. This is another episode of the Mental Threats Podcast. I think this is episode 68. Um, yeah, I'm here with my guest, Real AF. Would you like to say something? Yeah, no, thank you for having me on. Uh, I appreciate the, the opportunity to jump on this podcast and, and share, you know, my stuff with you all and, and all of the stuff that we've been working on. All right, cool, wonderful. I understand you pretty much run a podcast, too. You spoke about it with me like before we hopped on and you pretty much speak about football and stuff of that nature yes yeah, it's, it's, it's a football based podcast um it's something that we just started up um you know probably earlier this year uh, i ran a other pod, another podcast a little bit a little bit ago uh, but it, you know it kind of died out and not necessarily a bad way just you know we're, we're busy with our own stuff you know we got we're both artists we both you know are, are living our adult lives and we're trying to you know, work on a, a ton of stuff at the same time. So, you know, that'll probably come back at some point. Um, but yeah, no, this this current one is called Slightly Outsides. Check it out. It's on all, you know, platforms, Spotify, Apple. Um, it, it's, it's a good place for you to go get your football. We're also sponsored by Better Edge. So um, if you ever need to go bet on a few games, you know, you can go get your, your, your $20, free $20 using our, our promo code. Oh, that's amazing. So it's like you already got your podcast already sponsored by somebody. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty cool. Um, they're a they're a betting company, a website where you can go on there, uh, place your bets. Um, and actually you can when you're losing, most places you can't pull your bet. You can pull it on here and change it over. You might lose a little bit in the process, but you you won't at least lose it all. Um so uh yeah, it's a it's a good website. It's called Better Edge and they 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 put us on um, and, you know, they have some quality podcasts on the other, you know, other end. They got some people uh, that work with the Miami Heat, you know, and and do some good things around the area. So it's, it's pretty cool. Well, that's great. That's great and everything. I'm, I was trying to wait until I get a couple more content out there to actually get anything monetized for my podcast. I'm just more focused yeah. on getting content out. Um, because I feel like the more content you have, the more people can kind of dwell into it. You know, that's kind of how I got into Kendrick and uh, J. Cole and everything. Like, it wasn't just, like, the music that they put out, like, um, music videos and stuff. It's when I dwelled deeper into their mixtapes. That's when I became to really, really, you know, get yeah. to them on a foundational level. I feel like, you know, like, content is a huge foundational part of being, like, an artist in terms of, like, connecting with an audience. Yeah. People have to really, really understand, like, what you're about for a while before they really go deeper into what your future is and stuff of that nature. But, um, like, I as an artist and everything, I know you dropped a couple songs. I checked uh, your um, YouTube channel. Uh, you dropped songs like uh, like music videos, like a Big Beam, uh, North Carolina, Hear It All, and BMW. My personal favorite is uh, Big Beam and everything. In regards to like really like delving into your art and stuff, what really inspires you when it comes to being an artist? I think it's a um, it's a combination of a lot of things, you know. Um, I started out playing uh, the violin whenever I was in the fourth grade. Mm -hmm. So um, just starting out with some sort of musical background always kind of makes it easier to, you know, maneuver around with what I want to do. And then, you know, I mean, at an early age, the most earliest music I can remember is, you know, Sam Cooke, uh, you know, soul singer. Um, and then, I was just listening to a lot of Motown, Aretha Franklin, and, you know, just Diana Ross and the Supremes and the Spinners and the Temptations. You go all the way back. But 
it was just something that my family and the household they listened to my granddad was a big influence on that and then as I got a little bit older since I was in a religious household you know um super super religious household uh my brother started introducing me to rap music and that was whenever I started listening to Drake and uh you know Wayne Wayne was definitely a huge influence I got me a Wayne poster on the wall he really Um, is he really is so Wayne, Ross, those, you know, that whole YMCNB thing, and then even Chief, Chief Keith, and the whole Chicago lane was a big thing. So, and I'm originally from Oklahoma City, so I'm down south. I, I love all my down south. UGK is like a older rap group. I, I love Dirty South stuff, uh, Project Pat, Memphis. Uh, so, yeah, that's really where my, all my influences, you know, kind of stem from. And then, you know, I love some rock music, too. Uh, I listen to country rock and everything else. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with being versatile, man, especially, you know, you got your little... Like, my mom listens to a lot of country music, for sure, and everything. Um, but it's like, I be... I be, I, I dabble with music with reggae and dance hall and, like, stuff. Yeah, you gotta love that stuff. And so, like, rock is also pretty good, too, especially when you grew up playing, like, SmackDown versus Rock growing up so it's just like things like that really influence like your taste for music and stuff of that nature i know you mentioned a whole lot of motown and everything you know fun fact about you know barry gordy of the third you know he's like uh he's related to james carter like president james carter no that's like they're like second cousins like second half cousins because you know it's actually it's really sad because you know you know black and the dude's white so you pretty much know it's like you know ancestry slavery yeah i mean there's a video on youtube you can pretty much check that whole family tree out if you'd like um, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, it's crazy and everything, you know, like, you know, would you describe yourself as like an old soul and in, in, in connection with a lot of that Motown uh, songs and stuff of that nature? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to like, you know, act like I'm an old, old head, but, you know, I, I feel like it's a, a situation where, you know, growing up with, you know, older, older brothers, um, you know, I wasn't really like included in a lot of stuff. So I was hanging out with my parents a lot more, mm-hmm. you know. So my parents were, like I said, they listened to a lot of gospel soul music. Like, it's just what they grew up with. And I mean, you could go into like 70s, 80s stuff. They're like the SOS band and uh, Boys to Men and Cat Band, know, New Edition and yeah. just a lot of, you could go into R&B, all of that, Mary J. Like uh, the Whispers and stuff. The Whispers, yeah. I mean, Love the, uh, the Fugees. Um, so like... It's 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 one of those things that my pops he liked more the rap side and then my mom was one of the people that was like you know she put me on the like Phil Collins and like just different 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 stuff that I mean like I I don't know if I would have ever kind of gotten into if it wasn't for for my mom for sure yeah dude like parents be having that that connection with you that that really connects I know like with my mom's side my mom's very much really, really deep on with, like, New York rappers. Like, a lot, even though she, like, pretends like she doesn't like rap music, like, she, she knows she likes rap music. Like, I know, like, stuff like, uh, like, Biggie Smalls her main favorite because I had the One More Chance, like, One More Chance, a remix and everything. That was literally, that was like a lullaby to me growing up because it was, like, literally come on, like, on the radio and, it, like, while the sun's kind of going down, like, on the radio stations, you know, the throwback radio stations and everything. So it's just, like, but that was, I remember that was the kind of songs my mom would, like, sing to also. But it was, like stuff like Biggie Smalls, 50 Cent, uh, 50, man. Yeah, yeah, like my mom loves New York rappers. Like, whether she like, especially back in those in those days, those early days, she like Ludacris too. Like that little South kind of mix in with the, you know, it's just like when I go, I was growing up, music 
when it came to that, it was just more like the music videos. It was like something like, you know, it was like like a party type thing. You know, it's just something yeah. that people just like watching the videos. Uh, um, so like I really didn't dwell deeper into it until like I hit up with Tupac, had the Tupac songs burned into my uh, my uh, MP3 player and stuff. And I didn't know what other songs, how, how to put more songs on it. So that was the only songs I could listen to. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, yeah, just stuff like that. That was kind of what uh, kind of shoehorned me into the whole rap music thing as a whole. Um, in regards to how like rap, how you pretty much grew into rap and stuff of that nature. Like I grew into rap through adversity because um, like, you know, I, I had a hard time in middle school and stuff of that nature. So it's like on your sense of like what I growing into rap and stuff, well, there's something like maybe a sense of adversity or a sense of self rediscovery, or maybe just a sense of just self expression that kind of had you grow into uh, your place in rap and what, what motivates you in the rap. Yeah. It was a cool thing whenever, you know, you kind of get to start out with making music just, I guess, in a traditional sense. But at the same time, like, I was going through the traditional sense and I was getting kind of bored of playing, like, classical music, you know. And it's not like all my teachers were, like, chill. <laughs> you know, some of them were a little bit more harsh with the, the songs that we played that were a little bit more difficult and technical and... You know, you're just kind of like, bro, like, can we just play some, like, pop music from this decade or something like that in, like, an orchestral form instead of, like, going so, you know, deep into all of this stuff. Uh, but then I ended up running into a teacher of mine later on in high school um, who who did a lot more in terms of just, like, stylistic stuff whenever it came to orchestra. Like, you know, we would flip our bow around instead of using the hair on the bow we would use the back side of it whether it's wood nylon whatever and you would slap slap it on the strings it sounds like bones you know kind of dancing around uh for like a halloween concert so it was like little things like that kind of showed me that he was a little bit different and i ended up talking to him he's a producer um and he just kind of said like you know what, what do you want to do with music because i had my parents didn't really like the idea of me doing music, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, what you gonna do with it? You gonna be a music teacher? You gonna be, what, uh, uh, a music exec? What, what do you wanna do with it? At that point, just study business instead. You know, don't don't waste your time with music. So um, he just kind of asked me what I wanted to do, gave me a whole bunch of career paths. And I mean, he told me to, you know, go get Pro Tools and, I just, you know, kind of ignored it for a while and stay recording, doing goofy stuff. And uh, I was, I always just enjoy rap music. I mean, my brother was a rapper whenever I was like, you know, five, six, seven years old, and I would just hear him freestyling. So, I mean, it was one of those things. That it was just kind of always around. Now, whether I was like super into, you know, uh, like the whole lifestyle behind it or anything like that at the time I wasn't like I didn't get into the whole like rap lifestyle I understand what everything was until I was a little bit older probably like 13 12 13 14 listening to like future and stuff like that I guess so like the whole adversity thing for me like I feel like it was just I did feel like growing up in Oklahoma bro I was outcast bro like I, you gotta imagine like I count the number of black kids in my grade on on, on both hands like that's still a limited number bro you know what I'm saying like it, it don't go over both hands <laughs> so you know it's it's not like there's very many of us out there uh 
so yeah, it definitely was a little bit awkward. You know, it's, you don't you don't get too many people that think band is cool or music is like super cool. It's like be a sports player, be something else, you know. So. Oh yeah, no, I could, I could feel that for sure. So it's like I know, like growing up in like predominantly white institutions, dude. Like I swear, it was just it was like it was it was weird. It was very very weird. Yeah, I, that's bro. why I went to an HBCU and then like college, man, changed my life. I, I, graduated I was college. sitting in the back of every band class until I was taking like I had to go take you know private lessons. That's what my my. Uh, uh, my band teacher, Miss McDonald, I hate to name drop her like that, but she'll hear it. She'll, I, I thank her anyway, because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be as good as I, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, she was, she had me in the back, bro. I was non-chaired. You can't even first, second, third, fourth. I was just the second violins in the very back, bro. It was, it was sad. Like I, it, you know, and so I feel like after a certain point, whenever they kind of realized that my parents was willing to kind of put a little bit more money into things, she stopped doing all of that stupid, yeah. stupid stuff. It's it's exactly how you know you would expect it to be. It's it's the same thing with sports. You know, if you got your parents got money, your so and so got money, you not as this, you not as that. They stop messing with you, black, white, and anyway, money talk, Dang. bullshit. Well, you know how it go. <laughs> so you were kind of discriminated, like beyond racial barriers. You were also discriminated in in regards to classism too, to a certain degree. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you got to imagine, like, if you think about it, like, you could live in the sub suburbs out there in Oklahoma, but, again, people don't expect Black people to live in the suburbs, especially back early 2000s. Like, it just wasn't common. I mean, like, the suburbs was – the suburbs, it just wasn't very diverse. Like, you know, it's like 2 to 3% Black out there. And everybody else, the Hispanics, they all live on the other side of town, bro. Everybody else live on the other side of town. Even my grand, all my other family members just lived on the other side of town. You know, my parents is first generation college graduates. Um, you know, they they worked their asses off for us to have the, the lifestyle that we lived. And like even before we even got to live in the nicer houses, we wasn't you know living the craziest stuff ever. Man, I could feel that, man. It's just like, it always feels like it's kind of lonesome because it's just like the system has us like always trying to scramble at the bottom and everything. Yeah. So it's like the few people that actually rise above, it's like, it's just, I don't want to say it's lonely in a sense, but in a sense, it's kind of hard to kind of like, in a sense, uh, relate to other people to a degree. I can understand that. Like, cause my father um, was like uh, working at like the hospitals and my mom's working at hospitals. So, you know, we had bread to the point where like, we can afford like private education. Uh, for the first couple years and everything. And then over time, it just kind of, I don't want to say it deteriorated, but in a sense, it's just like situations got to kind of change up and everything. Sometimes yeah. they stay stable over time. You know, you fall out of link with a lot of people that you used to grow up with. And then you just have to kind of like switch up and find your own yeah. identity to a certain degree also. So it's just, it's just, I feel like I found a lot of that when I went to an HBCU, you know, I realized who I was when I went to an HBCU, you know, that was, did you, you didn't go to, you went to college, right? Did you go to college? I went to college for a year and uh didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, look, bro, it's not like I, I always encourage people to, you know, if you go into college and you know what you want to do, go to college and stay in college. If you don't know what you want to do and you just there just doing the college thing, you wasting your money, you wasting your time, bro. Like it's it's not really it's not a place for you to go there and just goof off, bro. And that's exactly what I was doing. And so I figured 
whenever I got there, I was making music and I, I was working my ass off at a Target. You know, I had left school a little bit early because I wasn't doing as hot in the second semester. And uh, I ended up getting stuck with a, you know, new shitty roommate that has some weird allegations against him on, you know, female stuff. And I just left early. And my parents wasn't messing with how I was moving at the time because, again, it was religious. And, you know, I ended up doing my own thing and living out the car for a little bit and sucking it up, going back home and getting a job and, you know, working my ass off at the mall doing, you know, I worked at Spencer's crazy enough you know the, the little crazy store at the mall and, yeah no spencer's i like that store i'm sorry yeah. it's good to like walk in sometimes like but you don't want to buy everything from there it's just like oh yeah sure this is funny you know i started working there because uh i remember my brother took me in there whenever i was a little kid and i saw all the music shirts and i always just yeah like, and my my parents <laughs> ain't like all the rock music a lot of the times unless it was more of the classic rock uh, but I always thought it was like a wild store just in general. And it's not like I was a wild kid. I was definitely a very like shy. <laughs> but I just found it interesting. And then I ended up working there, bro. I just was like, why not? They gave me a management position and off rip, I interviewed as an associate and ended up going to manager without even having to, you know, work a day there. They just said, we like what you're doing in the interview. You want to try out for a manager spot? Sure, why not? So I met up with the DSM and they gave me a good little position. Yeah, gotta move up any way you can, man. And do you yeah. still work at Spencer's to this day or do you work somewhere else? No, I work somewhere else, bro. Uh, I work somewhere else and I work from home. It's nice. I do, you know, calendar work and just, just make it happen. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a nice little it's a nice little cut. That's that's all I'm gonna disclose about the, the job. All right, cool. That's fine. That's all. It's all good, man. You just gotta make it, make the grind any way you can, and stuff of that nature. You know, the reason why yeah. I ask because I see the quality of your music videos. And, you know, that's that's like some like blockbuster type. You know, to me, I think it's blockbuster type to a degree and everything. Like, you know, it's just I feel like music videos are so important, man, because you know, like we live in an ADHD type generation, and they could listen to your song, but it's like you know, when they when you put on a video, they can actually feel it. There's like more sensations being like you know, have, you know, visually. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like for you to actually sell like your YouTube channel, they have like four good solid like music videos and everything. You know, amongst having like other songs out there too, like it's only it's only gonna help people like maintain interest. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's that's the whole goal, at least in my mind. You know, like outside of like I make music because it's fun. <laughs> you know, like I just I've always had fun with it. But you know, like on the what everybody trying to do is the business out of it, and it's to me it's the most taxing side in so many ways mentally physically pockets everything bro uh the business side is a lot so you know along with the business side comes marketing and that's where it's like you know uh, i started out with a couple of videos that's not up there anymore that were you know youtube took I, it off no i i i personally took them off because you gotta imagine it's like for me like i know people love progress and seeing progress but you know certain people could could have done some 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 better work it's not like it's a bad thing it was just like we're all developing it even the songs weren't all that 
crazy either. So it's not like it's all on a videographer at the same time. So like, you know, I just picked out the best ones that we've done and I made sure whenever I found the right person that I stuck with the right person. And I was like, bro, he do the best job. He gonna con convey the visions that I have, you know, the BMW video that just recently came out. Um, that one was one of the ones where I had everybody kind of sit down. Uh, that was a part of the project. And I kind of mentioned that I wanted to travel, go visit everybody and make sure that, you know, I chop it up with them. And, you know, if we could vlog it, that would be dope. But, you know, COVID came around and cash is tight. You know, everybody kind of doing their own thing in their own states and their own, you know, relative zones. And it's hard to get around with all of this COVID stuff, you know, with flights and driving and all of that stuff. So we just went down to Houston. We went up to New York. We shot one video for it. And, you know, we wanted to make sure that it was clean on, on all ends. And that's, you know, that's the primary goal is to put out the best, put out the best product. You know, to me, it's, it's quality over quantity now. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people focus on like make a hundred beats over the next month. It's like, bro, like how many of those are you really gonna, you know? feel like you gonna feel them you know you gotta work on it and you gotta do your craft every day that may be you know one or two beats three beats if you can knock out five beats in a day do it you know if it comes out naturally do it I'm not saying don't you know work on more than what you can you know work on but like you know take your time with it and, and like really build on it that BMW video took six months and you know it had a, a few thousand dollar budget so it was it was definitely worth it though that's I crazy, enjoyed it. A thousand dollars for I know for a music video and everything, it's like like man, that's a lot. You know, that's good investment regardless because the quality is right there. But I like, mean, <laughs> you know, you gotta imagine though that like my people's like I could be paying a lot more for for the videos that I'm getting, but you know, like the thousand, the few thousand is you know for for ticket plane tickets and you know you got drive people places gas it, it accounts for a lot of stuff you know you don't just get to be like most people do running guns uh you know like they'll just do it outside their neighborhood their local neighborhood with they, their best videographer and I just don't you know I'm like I see that every day out here in the DMV once you get out here you'll see it a lot of the artists, you know, they do a lot of running guns and it's just, it is what it is. It kind of reminds me of the Chicago drill scene, you know what I'm saying? So I wanted to do something where it's like, every time we do something, it's a little bit different and it doesn't feel like a running gun. Like we planned it out as a set. It has some sort of, you know, feel to it, you know? Oh, I can feel that. I can feel that. Cause like it stands out more. Like, you know, how many videos have you seen with the whole drill people just holding guns and shit? <laughs> everything over and over again like the typical rap video like we get it <laughs> you know like y'all run deep y'all got yeah, weapons yeah. y'all are so dangerous you know all these what... videos be used in court and shit like oh no those fake guns they're not real yeah. some bb guns like you know it's like i ain't trying to shit on nobody but it's just like you know conceptually i just feel like you know like as an artist i feel like your best asset is really like what you are as an individual because exactly. the more you are as an individual the more people just kind of like they want to have more intrigue and more curiosity it's hard to really for someone to invest into something that doesn't catch their eye you know exactly. like you see how Tyler the creator was and everything everybody used to shit on Tyler the creator for being weird and everything they call Even him, to this day, they they call him yeah 
they call him, uh, you know, cancelable. I guess yeah. if that's even a word, you know, because he was saying words that people didn't like. He's 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 a hater. He's homophobic. He's this, that, the third. They used to say everything about Tyler Brad. Now look at him. Yeah, I mean, I always. I, I, I'm not going to say I was always a fan of his music, not because it was like I didn't like what he was saying. It was just more of the sound like e, the, the the Igor John was really where I feel like I was like, wow, bro. Like you took it back to a sound, even F- Flower Boy. Yeah. Right. And now uh, call me when you get home and everything. That's pretty good, too. Yeah, call like, me when you get lost. Yeah. That John. I came out in the summer last year. I was driving that stuff. Yeah. I'm like, yes, yes. So yes. so his earliest John, like Goblin, was just very abrasive. And it was something that I wasn't like used to. And like it, I ended up getting more accustomed to that sound when XXX Tentacion came out yeah. later on. And you could just hear overly powering bass yeah. sub sounds and you're like all right bro like this is starting to become normal and tyler was one of those people that was kind of ahead of the like pioneering it to a degree yeah. you know i guess you know what really helps with tyler because it's just like you know because when you grew up watching like adult swim as a kid and everything you saw like you know like you got to stay up late for it and everything i guess you kind of catch on to a little bit more quicker the whole the chat the whole uh randomness of everything and the whole absurdness yeah. from a lot of the this art so it's just like you know i really appreciate tyler for opening that window and everything because now oh snap we got like, okay 10 minutes all right um yeah i think i think we can connect this in the next we got 10 more minutes we can still connect it in the next uh zoom if you want you want us to do that <laughs> right, cool. yeah sure no problem because like, i feel like we're just scratching the surface on a lot of things but yeah uh tyler the creator yeah man it's just it's crazy because he really changed his sound and everything to really match his is like he matured and to say if that makes yeah. sense like he really but fell into a sound like a real real sound and you watch it like kind of grow into that you know it's just like it really gives people a chance to be like okay you can't be stagnant forever because you imagine you're doing the same stuff for goblin and bastard like all to this day in his 30s like no he really went into flower boy it started with cherry bomb i think cherry bomb was like things were trying to change with cherry bomb and then it went to like uh flower boy and then Igor, and then now call me when you get lost and everything. And it's just like, you really appreciate that because like he was considered an underdog to a certain degree. Now it's like, he gets a Grammy now, like all the time. It's like, oh, he got a Grammy Duh. and everything. And uh, when you first hear him getting awards, like, oh, Todd the Creator got an award. Like, who's, who's Todd the Creator? And then you get into his catalog and then now it's just, you know, we could actually live in that era. We are like, wow, we really saw Todd the Creator grow into Todd the Creator. You know, I'm saying, yeah, yeah so it's it like- was <laughs> um, too, because this whole camp really developed, you know, the whole our future, you know, camp just like everybody in there from Earl, everybody just kind of grew into their own artists. And I even feel like, you know, watching Tyler, I, I was watching him produce, and it's just like he sits back now and he don't just think about like beat making, he, make, he makes like arrangements, like he'll sit back and you know, be like, bro, here's like my third bridge <laughs> that's, you know, third varying bridge in this song to lead you back over into a chorus for a whole beat switch up to go into a Jamaican, you know, reggae sound. Like, you you just don't catch that from very many people at all. Like, even some of the better producers in a game don't even work that hard to, you know, make their sound that unique. And then even then it's like, you know, he does the best of the old sound, but it doesn't feel like he's like copying it. I love Bruno Mars and Anderson Patch John, but I feel like it was just a, 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 a copied version of something that I had heard back in the day. It was really well done. It was a really well done copy. 
But like Tyler's just feels so natural, bro. It feels so natural every time I listen to his albums. Yeah, because like, it's from him. It's straight from him. Everything is him. He, he's literally living his art style, even from grading the whole wig thing. Moonwalking in a wig. Like, come on. Like, who can actually make that, like, actually marketable? One. Two, actually make it real and genuine. Because most people be like, oh, they're just wearing wigs for attention. It's like, no, that's like his literal art and everything and that yeah. shot him to the top of the charts to the point where even dj khaled had to be like you know get every type of artist on his projects and it's like okay like but it was still wasn't so enough to, and now you gotta hate on it because i know being number one was like his whole identity and everything but it's just like you know and i don't want to like shit on dj khaled you know whatever works like you know because we was all like Hey. To that. Oh, put your hands up and they stay there. Like, you know, it's just like, yeah, like you still Catholic got his he he deserves his flowers, bro. I know everybody find him a little bit annoying, but like I think most people forget that like bro was there when Wayne was at the record shop before Birdman even signed. He was he was a DJ letting Lil Wayne freestyle in the record shop where he got his deal at. Like DJ Khaled is one of them dudes that put on a good amount of people and he even connected Wayne and Ross. Yeah. So like, you know, that's, and that's a duo that's unmatchable. So like, you know, people always kind of geek on him cause his production style, you know, it's, it gets a little stale. He always samples. He always gets other people on his songs and never do his own track, whatever you want to say about him. Another one, but you know, like bro, bro did his thing. Like he did his thing as a as a as a DJ and as a producer. He he found his lane and like he stuck with it. And yeah, it's stale now, but like you know, you can always appreciate what he did whenever you know he was coming up for sure. He has some Shout good tracks. He has some good tracks on like his albums too and everything. Although like they're just swamped with other artists. Welcome to my hood. Shout out to Ace Hood, bro. I feel like yeah. Whatever happened to Ace Hood, man? I remember them early, them like 2010, 2009 days. Dude really gets you working in the gym too, man. I'm he's on my playlist for sure. Once I really start hitting Planet Fitness in the next three months, I'm gonna look like Rambo just because of (laughs) everything. Yeah, nah, bro. Ace Hood is definitely that dude, bro. I remember my brother. See, this is this is funny because my my middle brother, uh, he's the dude that listened to a lot of the the southern rap music so he put me on a lot of the the ugks and uh again uh um you know project pat all of these folk from down south lil wayne and uh it was just funny to me that like back then that sound was just so even asa like the sound was so uh raw but also at the same time like they were some in my opinion and people always hate me for saying this. I was like, they were some of the most impressive, impressive rappers, you know, from back in the day. Like somebody got mad at me uh, and this is going to be controversial. Somebody, you know, they could fight me if they want to about it. But I said Wayne's first project with the Hot Boys was more impressive than J- Ho's first project. More impressive, not a better body of work, not a better album, not a better, yeah. not better bars. Impressive. Bro was 14 rapping, you know, freestyle. Yeah that like it's just you know it's berserk like I you know it's almost like you know you watching people I, I'm, I'm a huge Juice World fan uh Juice World was one of them guys that just freestyle off his ass and you couldn't stop him you go for hours and that's kind of like like when you talk about Wayne like that's 
that's what Wayne was when he was 14, 13, 14, 15 years old, just going on beats and tearing it up with dudes that are sitting there pinning and, you know, freestyling, you know, half, you know, writing. And they're, you know, 10 years older than him in a rap group. And they've been doing it for 10 years. So yeah. uh, that's the reason why, you know, I, I love that whole sound. Ace Hood, shout out to Ace Hood. Uh, really he got yeah, one, bro. Yeah, yeah, and you can't sleep on Wayne's like goat status at all because dude had it locked down for a while. Like, and he even oh, yeah. found like Drake and everything, and you know, Nick Minaj, the whole Young Money. Like, that was a whole era. That was like a chapter in hip hop that we can all look back at. Some people hate it, some people love it. I'm gonna say I love it. I'm in the lane that loved it. Just like looking back on it and everything, just for like appreciating. Cause when I was listening to Wayne and I'm writing like my rhymes and my rap books and everything, I feel like that's when I was at my most creative. That I was really like building a system and everything. And I have to owe that to Wayne to a certain degree just for the era that he was like pushing on, you know? Because like J. Cole, Kendrick, and everything, they're like my main influences too. But Wayne was like, you know, that's what really got me to like really, like, like really get deep on like metaphors and stuff. And, like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, like, that was like, yeah, man. Yeah, similes and metaphors were crazy. And I, I, you know, you said J. Cole and Kendrick. I didn't mention them, but, you know, I love I love Cole and Kendrick. I do. Uh, Kendrick is probably my, I love, Drake is, you know, he my, one of my top dudes. I, I hate to be that guy, but, like, he one of my top dudes. Just, he is. Just one I mean, I know guys. people don't like to admit it, but it's, like, even at first, like, come on, we was all the, like, well, this guy's, like, he's, he be singing to, like, females. He's, a, like, he, I thought him in the same way as, like, Chris Brown and everything, but over time, he really dominated. Like, he's earned yeah. his spot, really. Long-term, longevity-wise, he's earned it. You can't say yeah. anything about it because he's earned it. You know, and that's just that's just kind of how I see it. The only problem is now he needs to find, like, a hair, like, like a hair. Somebody can, like, pass the torch. I've been saying this how Wayne does. Like, he does years, bro. Yeah. I've been saying this for two years. I've been saying, bro, who who did he get? Party next door, Magic Jordan. Who who did he get? Jack Harlow. You want to tell me who his next dude is? I'm like, bro. Sign. I even think Jack Harlow would be like the like not after Drake because like they did a song together, but it's like that's not enough. You know, they say saying? they talk every day on the phone, bro. I, oh, really? They do. Jack Harlow and Drake. That's what Jack Harlow said in a recent interview. They talk every day. They text each other every morning. Oh, okay, well, we, we'll be sure to talk about that next. So we only got like one minute left, and I, I know we just start getting really into it. Like we'll be on for like a while, so I'm gonna just close this recording, then we can hop back on in a little bit. How about that? Yeah, for sure. Right, no problem. Let me just stop the recording right about. Bang. All right, now some progress. All right, <clears throat> all right. So back on the whole influence of like Lil Wayne and everything, and uh, that uh, what was it? Like 2009 through. I know it was earlier than that because Lil Wayne's kind of been doing stuff since Hot Boys. And everything, but I think the, the dominate the, when he started dominating, it was like 2008, 2009. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it 20, was probably it was probably like that 07, 08, 09, Tom, 010. You, or I said 010, 2010. I think it was 2012, like, was like the ending of it, like, really kind of slowing up. Was it 2012? I say, you know, it, it went a little bit further than that because I mean, if you want to count like some of his later records, I feel like. Yeah, for his albums, that they, they were a little bit slower. But, you know, I feel like he still had his range with features. Like, he was still he was still holding down as, like, the feature king. I feel like he still is because he'll still put out, like, 
a hundred features in 365 days out of the year, which is like absurd that he's like mm-hmm. on almost every song with every person. You know, if you, you know, if you're looking for a, a, a Lil Wayne fallout boy feature, he, he he's there, you know, if you're looking for a Drake Lil Wayne feature, he's there. If you're looking for, for who, whoever you want, pair him up with Wayne, he probably got a feature with him, you know? Yeah. And then that transition, it was like, it was from Wayne's era to then like, uh, the Drake, J. Cole, Kendrick era, basically. Yeah, That's yeah. where things were just kind of like, you know, it was those three that was kind of holding it down going top forward. Three, top three. Yeah, yeah, man. And like the Drake's mixtapes, man, when you really deep into like the whole comeback season and room for improvement, man, dude was really like spitting bars and was actually like being able to find a balance between harmonizing and singing too, which is yeah. very crucial because it touches more groups and everything. Because like you got to make songs for even woman to jam to too. It's not yeah. you can't just all be about bars. You're trying to put stuff out there. You yeah. know, so that's that's, the and that's that formula. That's the thing that I think in, in, inspired a lot of people. I mean, I know a lot of people don't mention Kanye in that same conversation. You know, he was a little bit in the era before and a, and definitely fl- bled over into Drake's time frame. You know and Kendrick and everybody else's time frame too. Uh, but, you know, like making music that's just like, you know, backpack kid music. That's what Kanye's whole thing was. Backpacks and polos, bro. You know, like you ain't got to be a thug to make, you know, good music, to make rap, good, good rap music, really. Uh, and so, like, I think that inspired people to just kind of be themselves and naturally, like, you know, want to make music however it sounded. And that's the reason why I did like Drake. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't the most, you know, outgoing kid. I was definitely, again, I was I was a little bit more shy whenever I was a younger kid. I didn't have the whole, like, persona, even though I was, my mom had me in pageants and modeling competitions and weird, you know, just goofy stuff. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't nothing like something that I was going to stick with for a long time because I just, I didn't have as much fun, like, uh, you know, posting up for, for old white people to just, like, be like, oh, you're cute. <laughs> i mean hey get, you gotta get your confidence any way you can man any like, way you like, can bro but when, i guess but like the confidence that kanye i feel like really like for people who began to listen to kanye when he first came out and he beat uh 50 cent like 50 cent representing all the gangster rap and everything that was dominating for years yeah and then transition for kanye west with graduation that like really like beat curtis like crazy bad not like bad, bad, like oh, like 50 Cent shit sucks or anything like that. But like, because 50 Cent's uh, era too was even was dominant in itself. But the way Kanye West is like re- revolutionary in itself, you know, because it's like we can't just have just songs where people just killing each other and, you know, you know, being a thug and get thug all the time. You gotta yeah. have like more leg room to like for have uh, more voices to really, really, really protrude themselves without Kanye. There will be no, uh, there will be no Tyler the Creator, um, uh, no, uh, not even a Drake to a certain degree. Drake would have to be an RB singer, and that would be his thing. Like that would be his lane. I don't think Drake could be able to get into rapping without Kanye. When you think about it, too, like it's just like you know, to like, cause people see that singing stuff is so soft, even to this day. But it's like he can, be, Drake can be hard too, like especially like dude drop charged up and back to back, and that just that like. That you know what it did to me <laughs> when that happened because it was just like he just really showcased like yeah he has ghostwriters even Kanye has ghostwriters 
And but he's helped Kanye write songs on his albums. Kanye helped you, bro. You know, I'm at this point, everybody who cares about Ghost Riders, you know, it's like it's whatever. No, it's it's whatever, bro. I know Oheads and rap is gonna hate that you know, pinning is not (coughs) no longer something that's so cared about and skill it, it is still cared about i do want to make that clear you should be pinning your own stuff for the most part if you you know people always gonna have help online and people there are gonna be certain people that use ghost writers i'm not surprised no more bro it happens but you know like you mentioned kanye's influence spanned even further than just like that era like you could look at uzi you know juice worlds little peeps anybody who has the room to just talk about emotional feelings mm-hmm. regardless of whether they you know on the god side or whatever bro they was inspired by yeah they had to have been just because again you you know you don't just get to talk about whatever rap music be a rapper and just be that because long before you know you got to be that even ti bro ti was like you know southern hood yeah gangster rap and then he did like live your life in like 2011 2012 yeah, you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. those were some good songs man with the yeah. ts even the yeah but even with the 808s and heartbreak with kanye west dude like it was like a real like step forward to where it just wasn't just you know one thing i love about kanye's like each album and everything it was different you know what i'm saying to a certain degree like you had your uh chipmunk type uh you know like you know you know what i'm talking about little chipmunk vibes with the whole, yeah 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 <clears throat> they didn't sample chipmunks, but it's—I think it's called uh, what chimpunk, chipmunk R&B song, chipmunk funk, something like that. It was—it's a name for stuff like that. Or those squeaky voice um, uh, remix of the samples and everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he speeds it up, pitches it up, and that started with college dropout. Then late registration was a little bit more darker. Then graduation had its more you know techno type, uh, different uh, higher uplifting vibe. Then it was eighty ways and heartbreak, and then like uh. My dark twisted fantasy, fantasy and stuff of that nature. You know, each album had its own identity. Yeah. That's what I What's my favorite? Yeah, actually, no. Don't even do a favorite because it's so hard to do favorites. Do give me your top three. Top uh, three. I don't even like doing top three, but I can explain where I like like each one of these. Like you know, like but top three personally, if we had to just go up, like college dropout, obviously graduations, and um, oh dang, um. I'm gonna have to go with uh, my beautiful twisted dark uh, fantasy too because it was just that that album right there really solidified him on an artistic level, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. you know everybody hates my Kanye album list, and I love all the early Kanye albums. I mean, who who don't love College Dropout and and Graduation? And hey, Ray. your list is your list, man. Like, uh, yeah, but you know my my top three is uh is is my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, the life mm-hmm. of Pablo, and then Yay. Uh, and it was his last jump before he just went fully Christian. Uh, Ye was the jump that was, uh, I hate being bipolar. You know, it was that whole mountain jump. Um, and it had songs like Ghost Town and, and and Violent Crimes and stuff that I feel like when you just like talk about Kanye, you know, you listen to a lot of his earlier stuff. Uh, he was a little bit more closer to, to his himself. Mm-hmm. He started to kind of like fade away mm. but even though he started to fade away i started to notice at least on that yay album he was coming back to himself he was having some sort of self 
direction, some self-growth in terms of what he was looking for in his life, whether that was, you know, God or whether that was more music, his wife, his kids. Like he he, he opened up and elaborated to a point that I, I feel like I hadn't heard. And it was so short. It was seven songs. And it was th- during that same time as uh, uh, Daytona, where they was all just dropping like seven song albums. Everybody, Pusha T, him, uh, was Tiana Taylor, I think. Um, they all just did the seven song album joints and that was just one of my favorite ones from Kanye I don't know why it stuck with me and it just it it hit and it never really left yeah man it's like seriously like really it's just I know like for nostalgic reasons like you gotta love college dropout and everything and (laughs) considering how that was literally the project that pretty much started yeah yeah literally like every song even like from last call to freaking um what was that song the song he did with jamie fox uh gold digger yeah gold digger not the gold digger but i said like uh she said she wants a marvin gay oh salute the vandross yeah. a little okay. anina could really set this party on fire wanna be wanna be wanna be wanna be yeah yeah oh a slow jam slow jam yeah slow jams yeah i can't believe it's just like you don't already know the vibes and everything already and you know it's just like man i remember skating to that i can't skate to a lot of that stuff man that was just that was just that whole project with college dropout man it's like that was such like a great introductory project like you know Nas has Illmatic you know Jay-Z has like reasonable doubt and everything Kanye had college dropout and it was because of college dropout man it was just it really really set himself apart from so many different rappers you know it wasn't like on no thug stuff no street stuff it was just being an average joke and it worked with that time because it was also like that same vibe it also kind of touched, it kind of complemented with the Life Jennings vibe and the whole, um, who else? It was Life Jennings and uh, it was old dude from North Carolina, Anthony Hamilton type vibe. Shout out to Anthony Hamilton, man. He got a beautiful voice. Yeah, and the Fantasia vibes. He was on Tyler's uh, more recent joint. He did backup vocals on Earthquake, and uh, yeah. he did a drum with Ace Hood. Like he is a he is a G. Shout out to Anthony Hamilton, bro. Yeah, no, that whole to play him in the house. Yeah, like, no, seriously, that genre, dude, that neo soul genre, bro. Like I miss it. We need to bring that back, man. That yeah. Life Jennings, Anthony Hamilton stuff. I don't know what about it, but that's one genre we need to bring back. That and dancehall. We need to bring that back for real. Cause like, Drake like, tried to do the dance hall joint, and I don't know how I really feel about it. But... He does Afro beats. That's the thing. It's not dance hall. Like, with yeah. Drake. It kind of touches upon the dance hall elements, but it's mostly Afro beats. I feel he like it did works. a couple of joints that were more dance hall-esque, but, like, those were the really, you know, like, okay, for example, like I like George's interlude. And that had more trap beats to it. It had a trap beat on it. But if you were to listen to the original song, it was – a lot more closer to the dance hall because you know Georgia Smith is she does more dance hall music and uh I like when he does stuff like that I think Drake's specialty is taking a song that's not necessarily rap and flipping it into a rap song like that's when you get the 9 a.m's and the eight the seven his freestyles his his Chicago you know his Chicago freestyle you know what I'm saying like where you take an R&B song or you take something else you just kind of flip it and, and even if it's a, a originally recorded as a dancehall song, like take it and flip it and use it, use it to your advantage. Cause the thing about Drake is, is people loves when he raps, you know, people loves when he sings too, but people really love when he raps. And it's not like you, he has to go in and be a thug when he raps. He just has to go in and make some 
relatable bars. That's it. And be relatable. Well, the (laughs) one thing I like about Drake, he's really good at taking like an obscure genre and like bringing it into the mainstream. Like UK, who was looking at UK rap until after like war and all those other stuff? Uh, He started doing like behind these bars freestyles and stuff. It was like, I I actually, I'll I'll say this. He did songs even long before that with uh, Dave. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dave. He did want to know with Dave and, uh, yeah, nah, he did that. It was crazy because that whole UK rap drill scene yeah. like underground for a lot of people. For a lot of years. Now it's like starting to rise more and more to the surface, which really yeah. opens the market for more UK artists yeah. and everything too. And what's really cool, like that's why that's the thing about Drake. Like it's not just about him taking styles. He's really just opening the floodgates to more attention to different like Afrobeats. It wasn't until Drake started putting more Afrobeats into stuff that people started focusing more on Afrobeat. Now you see like people like WizKid show up at like Dreamville Fest and stuff like that. <laughs> and everybody yeah, just vibes yeah. with it now. It's like what you think is like only you would listen to it. Like, cause I'm an African kid now. And so like, you know, imagine how I feel that now everybody's listening to stuff that like my family listened to. And like now it's like, you know, those are good genres to get into. Like, especially for the decade. It's 2020. So it's like, I mean, the 2020s. So just imagine where it could go for like the rest of this decade. Like well, you imagine know, Super Bowl halftime shows with WizKid and everything. Now. There's so many people that felt that way whenever that whole one dance track came out. So I went to uh, I went to Glen Oak Country School, uh, and I went there for basketball. We had a lot of uh, you know Nigerian kids, just a bunch of kids from my homeland, brother. Um, and a lot of them were, you know, they're going to be, you know, first generation college graduates in America or, you know, their parents were first generation, you know, college graduates in America. Um, and they listened to a lot of Wiz Kid. They listened to a lot of people that Drake was putting on at the time. And they were like, yo, like, since when did America start liking this music? Like, they were just so confused. They were like, what is this? And when did, you know, like, Again, and I think it also stems from the fact that Drake is not an American artist, too. Mm-hmm, That's yeah. another cool thing about him is he's in Toronto, where I feel like and it's it a kind melting of, pot. It's a melting yeah, pot. Out of Toronto. Have you York. ever seen like when the Toronto Raptors made it to the Super Bowl and they go into the crowd? You can see everybody, even like their biggest fan on the Toronto Raptors was a Zeke. You know, the Zeke dude that got his head tied up and everything. You know, the number one Toronto Raptor. I don't know if you're a heavy yeah. basketball fan, but it was just a piece of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah sure. like I'm Jamaican, they're in Canada, Toronto. There's just so many different groups when you realize. Yeah. When I was growing up, when I thought about places like Toronto or Canada, I'd be thinking about, like, wrestlers like Bret Hart or, like, Edge. <laughs> I wouldn't think <laughs> about, oh, wow, no, that's Drake and, like, Jamaican. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I yeah, thought it was no. just... Let's say Great White North. I thought it was just white people there. So like, when you see all these different like groups being represented, it's like Justin Bieber was another reason why I thought it was all white out there too. Cause you know he was out there whenever I was in elementary school with the whole baby, 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 baby. Oh, he's Canadian, bro. He's from Toronto, and I would have never have thought like again like Drake on the grassy. Like I, I have remembered. My brother saying he's Canadian. He he. My brother used to always tease me and be like, "You look like Drake. You look like a little baby Drake." Cause I I had a short, Shortcut. short short Yeah, I had a short bald one. Bro, I hadn't changed up my haircut until literally uh just recently, bro. I just got these. So uh, at least you start your dread journey. I'm trying to get my dread journey started, but it's like you know, like it's just something about my health and everything. It's nothing too crazy, but it's just like 
You know, it's just it's just it's gonna take like a while to really like grow out to dreads and everything. I still feel like I can pull it off though. But anyway, it's just like, but it's like, yeah, man, it's like that's the beauty of like Drake is that like there's so much cross like marketing, marketability when it comes to stuff like that, um, and everything. Uh, with them like doing the whole Afrobeats thing with one dance and stuff of that nature, and then it's just like it really just opens the market to more things because you know what people hate in America when it comes to consumerism, we don't like stagnancy. And everything that's the beauty about hip-hop it can be like country hip-hop you can get like little rock hip-hop you can get your emo hip-hop you know it just it bleeds into so many different like tastes and flavors that now like if somebody wanted to bring like some reggae or some uh, afro pop some dance hall and stuff like even with Lil Nas X with the whole country <laughs> cowboy thing look how that blew up one song and everything that blew up and now it's like he's doing so many other things so like people really like to have like you know variety and versatility you know people like to hear different types of things it's not just going to be just one thing you know yeah. yeah and when you when you try and branch out to like you said it reaches a lot of different subsections it's like if you you got to look at certain people and you got to say to yourself like how many people do they really branch outside of their hood you know what i'm saying like it, it makes it a little bit more real for certain people when you say like yo like outside of yo you know 7,000 followers in your neighborhood, bruh. Like, how many of these white people listen to your music? Or how many of these Asian <laughs> people listen to your music? Or how many of these? Because, again, it, it, it starts to stem out to, like, you got to start to make a little bit more commercial stuff. I remember my man sent me with that. He was like, bro, you just making commercial shit right now. And I'm like, yeah, because after a certain point, I kind of want my music to be, you know, a little bit commercial and a little bit, you know, experimental. I don't want it to all just be experimental and always be this underground dude that never gets no love and no credit based upon the fact that it doesn't ever hit the general public's opinion. You know, I don't really care to always match the general public's opinion, but I definitely can make something that's in taste to it. And there ain't nothing wrong with that either, especially if you like the sound of it. And I think a lot of people like the sound of it. So that that's the reason why I always have I'm like Drake haters, you gotta go to the door, bro. I mean, yeah. it's okay to have commercial stuff. It really is okay to have a kind of commercial type stuff, man. Like, it's just like, you know, like even with J. Cole, like he did the whole workout for me, workout for me type song. It's like, that was what I was knowing him for. And like, you know, and then like you go deeper into his mixtapes and everything. And it was like, you know, like, oh, wow, he's not just another rapper. He has like an yeah. other huge capital. And now he's like one of the most leading people. So like, it's crazy because we literally grew up with these artists when you think about it. You know, like I'm 24 and I'm still having flashbacks like middle school, high school, in regards to like, you know, just putting on to Mac Miller, J. Cole, and Tyler the Creator, Kendrick Lamar, and everything. And then you see how their art changes over time. And it's like, dude, like, really, like, what a time to. I know people like to shit on, like, rap in our time. It's like, oh, this rap is whack. It's like, Ain't nothing. There's so much good stuff out there, bro. Like, you literally, I cannot really get into the whack stuff because I just don't listen to it. Like, I don't, I'm not into the radio like that. You can always find stuff like on your own that you like. And then you'll put yourself onto like an artist that maybe not many people have heard of. Then over five years later, bang, everyone's heard of them. You know, that's the beauty yeah. of the journey when it comes to being like a, an artist yourself. And that's why I want, let's just kind of like detract really like focus on you for a minute. Is that where do you see yourself in the next like five years, basically? Oh, that's oh, a good question. Um, it's so hard to imagine, you know, the next five years, but at the same time, it's really not uh 
to me, like, you know, two years ago, I had told myself, um, you know, I, I want to be able to just be happy with the, the content that I create. Um, and so my entire goal was to just get better at making, you know, music, get better at, you know, engineering, get better at producing, get better at every little aspect that I can, because what I want to be in five years is a, is a self self-made artist really is I want to be somebody that if you know a label calls a label calls but really you know it's it's more so about just enjoying the product that I make you know what I'm saying like and I think over the next five years I'm just going to continue to hone in on my craft I want to be you know a, a really good producer I want to keep growing in that area um, and then I want to be able to, you know, call myself one of the better engineers in the area or even in the you know, United States or the world or whatever, wherever that leads me to. Uh, I always like to just speak positive stuff into existence. Manifestation to me is a big thing. So, you know, it's 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 one of those things, bro, that like in five years, I could imagine just, you know continuing to be in the music scene continuing to be in the music industry we got some good contacts on the way and like i i ain't no telling what that leads to it could be you know a lot or it could be nothing but you know you always just hope for the best so i i see myself just continuing to grow as an artist and and being somebody that you know branches outside of just music you know i want to be able to not I don't want to buy you know Rip Ross bought a wing stop and then he bought like 10 wing stops and then he bought like 15 wing stops I don't want to own wing stop I want to own the farm that supplies wing stop they chicken wings and they tomatoes and they you know what I'm saying like I want to be the distribution for everybody I want to own back catalogs the back catalogs the back catalogs of whatever you know the product is whether that's music food stuff that's relevant to our culture and I feel like you know we need more people that just you know want to take over as African-Americans as black people in our community and just start taking from the roots instead of just you know buying a little chunk of the, the pie yeah man I can feel that yeah yeah man it's just like Especially when it comes to like five years from now, I know you mentioned something about like manifestation and stuff and everything. Do you believe like script manifestation or do you just meditate? I believe in a little bit of both. I think it's good to write and and really, you know, like when you write something down, I think that it, it allows for you to go back and, and keep it in your memory a little bit better versus like when you just say it, you know, sometimes you could just say it and not really feel it. Um, and you kind of forget about it and never really go back to that thought or, you know, process behind it. But I think really my main thing is, is for me, I do a lot of, I do a lot of speak. I do a lot of speaking, but it, it comes with writing because I view my music as a lot of manifestation in itself. Like I like to talk about things that either I can self-manifest or help somebody else, you know, self-manifest for themselves. So like, you know, for me, I like to just speak it into existence a lot of the times. I know everybody always says it's like what like what is what is speaking into existence? It's kind of bullshit. But also at the same time, how many times have you watched somebody say, I want to die, and then the next thing you know, they they passed out on the floor from a drug overdose or they got shot or whatever it is. You know, it's it's scary. It doesn't mean that it's gonna happen at at that exact moment when you say it. It's just, you know, everybody's going to have their time. Everybody's going to have their moment. Everybody's going to have their opportunity to, you know, take it up to the next notch. And it's about whether you're ready for the moment and you've been preparing yourself and manifesting the moment or whether you've just been sleeping on it the entire time and I had no clue that it was even coming. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's always good to, like, speak that stuff into existence because energy is everything, too, man. Like, you know, I say, like, things like my goals this year is, like, you know, drop 150 podcast episodes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. My podcast thing started off as a concept with a cool logo. I'm not sure. you see my logo, right? Yeah, I love it. Right? That was the reason why I even hit you up was because I saw it and I was like, bro, of the mental, you know, mental health. Mental threads. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's just dope. Yeah, man, it. it's just, it's just, it's just a concept. I'm just like, you know, it just sounded right in my head. It just felt like me. You know what I'm saying? I just yeah. put it on my vision board, and then next thing you know, it started off with just doing little itty bitty. So I don't know why I got equipment for it to be like I can just do this stuff off my phone or off Zoom like this, and everything. But soon, like I would like to also do like on a video type pr- platform too, and it's and it's ready because like when you start really making things a part of like yourself and everything, over time it starts to gain traction and momentum. And that's the cool about energy things. It's just like, it'll probably start from just doing stuff like this. Next thing you know, I'll be able to transition to YouTube. Next thing you know, I'll be able to like, you know, interview people that are like maybe government officials, stuff of that nature. I interviewed police officers. I've interviewed educators and stuff for my college. Uh, you know, it's just like for the Mental Thoughts podcast, it's not really just, you know, just like one thing. It's just all sorts of things. That's why I love like interviewing people like artists because there's so many different influences and so many knickknacks that come from just being an artist in that universe. Some people like come from their art reflects trauma. Sometimes it reflects motivation. Sometimes it reflects uh, just, you know, growth over time. You know, it's just there's so much space for it to change and so many opinions that go into that too. And as me as an artist, it's so intriguing to like, even talk to other artists too to see what like, kind of pick their brain of like what motivates them and like what their like uh what their opinions are in regards to other matters too. So it's just, it's just stuff like that, you know. It's just like it really kind of helps me network to a certain degree also, but it also kind of really just really kind of helps me branch out as a whole too. Yeah. Um, that's what I like about doing like my podcast thing. So it's like I really do believe in like manifestation too. It's, it's just it all starts with an idea. And then it starts being a part of you, you know, it's like, you know, five years ago, I would have never thought I was doing a podcast. Yeah. I like, two years ago, me just starting a podcast, boom, now it's like a part of my life. It's like, yeah. that's all I ask people, like, you know, I'd be even interviewing like war veterans and people used to be like in the, in the Navy and they'd be seeing some crazy type stuff and, you know, just stuff of that nature. So it's like, I'm blessed at least, like, you know, just live to see like, you know, that I'm actually bringing a lot of this stuff to fruition. So it's like when it's like, you know, now I'm on the, this is like my 68th episode. So it's like, if I just keep it up, like, you know, 10 episodes a month, 150 episodes, it won't be nothing. Yeah. Um, however, and everything, when it comes to the whole music thing, like, I'm at a weird, like, stage right now because, like, I'm still trying to seek out, like, the right employment. It's just, like, I, I pretty much already got a job set up. I just got to send up my birth certificate so we can pretty much move on with everything else. Like, they might move me up to management or marketing because, you know, I, I especially have a business administration on uh, marketing and stuff of that nature. Oh, that's- yeah, so it, it's just it's just stuff of that uh, stuff of that nature. So it's just, like, you know, like, music is something that really, really helped me, like, really, like, kind of save my life, you know, to the point, like, where I was, like, at the point like feeling like suicidal type you know what i'm saying it's the same you know for me for real like i i could definitely relate to that that's i mean like whenever i started really getting into music all of my first earlier songs they're very depressing and they're they're bad they're bad quality that's what i should say i think they're really well written but you know like they're really just bad in quality because i didn't have no you know microphone to mix or it's okay you know but at the same time like at the time whenever I was making it, it was a way for me to, you know, speak my feelings, speak my mind, speak things that like, maybe other people are relating to at the same time. And like, I feel like that's really like the whole goal, at least in my mind is like, 
I want to be able to soothe some of my, you know, my mental health and my my personal problems by just being able to speak about it. And then maybe somebody else will relate. It does not like, you know, you. I'm like hoping that all of these people just somewhat someday make me famous or something like that. I yeah, just I mean, like, listen to it and enjoy it. You know, that's whole, the whole thing about music is just for yeah. you to bop your head or, you know, tap your foot, snap your finger, whatever it is. It yeah, just reach your, your full potential because, you know, to be a rap artist and everything, you have to have a whole lot of confidence. So it's like, you know, when you're really built in like this, I even work with like doing stuff like martial arts, working out at the gym, anything that you do more of, the more that you do it, it builds confidence in yourself in doing that. So it's just like, you know, <clears throat> like, it's just like, like for me, like, you know, you, oh, now we got 10 minutes again. It's all right. That's, that's, that's it. Anyway, so like, it's just so when it comes to stuff like when you see like you you pretty much seen the album cover for Ego Trip, right? Yeah, like my, my mixtape and everything. You already seen the post. We can pretty much listen to snippets of my songs and everything of that nature. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, I like I like your music, brother, for real. Yeah, yeah, you hear the vibes of my stuff and everything of that nature. Like you know, that whole concept was like with mental health and everything because like you know, like it's like Ego Trip was like a focus on the manias of depression and stuff mm-hmm. with anxiety. Like one day you might feel like oh like I'm the shit and everything like on a on a track. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm that man. And then next day you just feel like you're worthless and like damn like why am I even here? What's even the point of moving on? Blah 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 and then in the end it just all coincides with you know what don't even trip over it you know whatever like you might feel about yourself or whatever you know just kind of vibe with it you know that's why that's the whole journey of that whole tape you know it's just like not many people start their full pride their first project dropping like 12 songs you know just dropping yeah. I, I had to really leave school and everything so yeah because a lot of it was COVID anyway so it's like you had to be online but i had to leave school literally come home and everything because I had to really like really find isolate myself to really make sure I really like do the songs and actually go to the whole go to the process of hitting the studio and everything to really get those 12 songs recorded (laughs) so it's just like you know it's just stuff like that I was fasting during the time eating nothing but like fruits, vegetables, lentils, and drinking nothing but water the whole time, just so I can be able to build that discipline and stuff of that nature. So it's just, it was like a whole therapeutic experience to a certain degree. Yeah, and like now it's like, you know, now I'm focused on my next couple projects and everything of that nature, which is just like, I hope it really adds up to 50 songs in total. One's going to be the rediscovery, which is going to be the one that's going to be like the last project I'm going to drop for this year which is going to be i'm shooting for 16 tracks and it's just mostly going to be like a like a lauren hill type not a lauren hill type vibe shout out to lauren hill yeah. bro <laughs> but it's really going to touch on to that whole classroom type aesthetic of really just rediscovering yourself kind of looking back on their faults in the past and everything how you grew from it how can you grow in the future and bring pretty much how does that really like you know guide you throughout the future and then there's going to be another 15 track project i'm trying to drop this year called whatever it's going to be like a three-part type project the first five songs are going to be focused on day-to-day life and the mandanities that come with it like you know like you know what's the point of this whole thing like why am i still doing the same things you know like my failures when it comes to all types of stuff you know and trying to find the value of things and then it, and then there's going to be five songs in between that pretty much represent like you know an epiphany like a dream sequence is just reflecting all my wants my desires my fears things of that nature and just what i have to do and what to really get to a better place and then the last five songs are just me focusing on really just applying this new philosophy and like really trying to be a go-getter to really like trying to strive to like really live this life you know really just it kind of switch up the stigma on the term yeah. whatever. like you know first is like you know life is whatever why even care 
to like, you know, life is whatever. Why even care? You might as well just get the most out of it type thing. Right. You only once. Yeah, then there's also going to be other EPs leading up to a lot of these projects too. So it's just like, you know, that's the wonderful thing about music. It's like, it's so therapeutic. It's like shadow work at the same time. But at the same time, it's a journey to really just, really just rediscover the self. So it's like, I'm mm-hmm. glad I can really dedicate the rest of this year to really just kind of focusing on that. So it's like, you know, it's just stuff like that. So it's like, uh-huh. um, for the last six minutes, I just want to check in, like, what are your next, like, you know, focuses for your next music projects and stuff of that nature? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I definitely could relate to everything that you was just saying, because there's some eerily similar, but not necessarily, you know, I didn't fast in the same way. I wish I was more healthy on, on certain things, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm working on it. But, um, you know, with the last project that I did that's about to come out May 30th, Melancholy Dreams, um, it was originally a project that I did two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a bunch of songs that I, I put together with me and my, my high school buddy who wanted to, you know, produce for me at the time. And again, like we, I just didn't had the the equipment. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the time to, you know, go to the studio and, and really, you know, put the effort into it. So whenever it came out, I enjoyed a lot of the songs, but I wasn't, you know, thrilled about everything because I wasn't getting the greatest reaction to the to the project. So um, I ended up just like, you know, taking a couple of years. I ended up getting my own, you know, I, I actually I shouldn't say that. I went to the studio. Uh, shout out to Aaron Eternal. He was my engineer for, you know, close to a year, you know, six months to a year, somewhere in that time frame. Uh, and he did a lot of my vocals and, and just kind of gave me some, you know, heads up on what I'm doing on that whole project while we're here. And then I ended up getting my own stuff and working on, you know, the project that I'm about to drop, which is a revamp. It's a revamp. Uh, it's a little bit shorter this time around, but it's dropping two years on the exact same day uh, from whenever I originally dropped Melancholy Dreams. And, you know, it's, a, it's an album about trying to find your way spiritually and, and, and mentally and, and, and just in life. Like, you know, like there's so many things that, you know, I, at least I question. I question a lot of stuff, you know, from you, I don't even want to get into all of it, bro. It'll just start turning into a whole conspiracy theory session, you know? There's <laughs> no problem. You know what I'm saying? So, like, but, like, that's, that's my whole thing on this album is, is, you know, it's like I'm trying to figure out my life. I'm trying to figure out why I operate the way that I operate and, and why do I believe the things that I believe, you know, whether that's religion, whether that's, you know, health-wise, whether that's, you know, my friends and my moral value, my moral compass, you know, that's really what this whole project was about, was just trying to figure out myself. And I hope people, you know, kind of take a, a step back and like listen to it and ask themselves, you know, similar questions. Cause like, I feel like a lot of us are, you know, uh, a little bit blinded in today's time with everything that's going on. Cause there's so much that's going on. It's hard to even like focus on one thing uh so you know i heard this great quote from my my girl she said uh when you follow something in the name of purity blindly you usually end up led in the dark so that's i want people to question a little bit more i want people to think a little bit more you want people to think like individuals and not be sheep in a sense you know i can understand that fully man individualism is such a very very uh, very, very important uh, statue to like my philosophies in life too, because I know I feel like you know the people who killed Jesus were all followers behind yeah. the wrong governing system and everything like that. Like you literally 
murdered the son of God in like the worst way possible because yeah. he wanted to fit in, you know, really think about like that. And you see it all the time with people just always trying to crucify people on the daily who are just probably thinking to themselves, you know, with the whole Kevin Samuels situation and everything. All Kevin Samuels said was just like, get your shit together, basically. Yeah. That's all you get your shit together, have higher values. The yeah. end. and then people shit on him over it, but then they'll fall behind a lot of these rap artists. It's a disrespect woman, um, all this, you know, all this, all this stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it's just like you want to pour more of that instead of like you know, more of this. And it's like, yeah, I get I feel like you just had to have both, you know what I'm saying, to kind of have stuff to choose from, but can't shit on and that's it. what I was gonna say, bro. To me, music is so subjective, it's the same thing as when you paint something on a piece of paper and somebody just splats it all over the place and they say this is art and then someone draws the Mona Lisa. So, you know, overall music is so subjective and and, and it's one of those things that bro, like to me, if you make some hood ass shit, great. If you make some soft ass shit, great. You know, it's all good stuff. It's the same thing that I, I view on people's, you know, values and, and beliefs and religion and everything else. So it's like, you know, you do you, you do you. I'll never crucify nobody for ever having their own values and beliefs ever. Yeah, man, that's that's cool, you know, man. I feel like we're reaching, like, the last couple minutes and stuff of that nature. Is there anything that you want to leave, like, any last messages you'd like to say to the audience before we sign off? Yeah, uh, <laughs> check out, you know, the new album that's coming out, Melancholy Dreams, May 30th, um, and then definitely check out some of the new music videos that we're dropping. we got some more stuff coming. And then follow me on Instagram at Music, and then on Twitter at RealAFMusic. Yeah, man. Thank you very much for hopping on, man. I appreciate it. I feel like this is a very, very good ass episode and everything. I feel like I need to really, really kind of really motivates me to want to like do a whole lot more interviews before the end of this year. You know, it was great conversing with you, man. I, I appreciate it. I hope to touch base with you when I move to DC and stuff of that nature. So, you know, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> great to have you out here in the DMV, brother. Shout out to Mental Threats. Oh, yeah, most definitely. That's it for the Mental Threats podcast. We're signing in. Now we're signing out. I appreciate it.